there are those very important things about entrepreneurship, about building a business that we often overlook because we're, we're too focused on the business, we're too focused on the money, we're too focused on other people like our employees, our customers, our investors. We end up not paying enough attention to ourselves. So most times we're asking our customers, what do you want? What do you want? You're asking your investors, what do you want? How can I, you know, how can I serve you better? You're asking your employees, what do you want? How can I serve you better? You're asking your suppliers, your distributors, what do you want? How can I serve you better? When are you going to ask yourself, what do you want? And how can you serve yourself better? You know, because your physical maintenance, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, all these things need attention. And because you're ignoring them now and you feel like you're getting away with it, doesn't really mean you're safe. These things can come back and haunt you. And at some point, you know, you might end up in a burnout. I was lucky. Mine was a burnout. Um, you know, a burnout is the equivalent of somebody who is running a marathon and you are very dehydrated. So you need some water. So you just, you rest for a bit, you take some water and then you can continue on your journey. So I'm back on the podcast. I'm back in business. I'm excited. I'm excited to be back, right? Some people are not that, are not that fortunate. Some people slip into depression, clinical depression. Some people lose it. They lose their minds, right? So this is not child's play, right? So it's important that you take out time to pay attention to yourself because building a business is a marathon. A marathon is not a sprint. A marathon takes time. It takes energy. You know, it takes perseverance. It takes discipline. And the truth is, if you're running a marathon, you will often get tired and burned out. It's not, I'm not saying you should, have, you should avoid getting burned out or getting tired. You will likely get tired. You will likely get tired, you'll likely be burned out, but you have to find a way to better manage it, right? You have to find a way to better manage it, especially around your physical, your mental, and your emotional well-being. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, as usual, John Paul Iwoha. It feels great to be back. So um, I had um, an unannounced short break from the podcast I haven't published an episode uh, in about six weeks, right? So at the time of releasing this episode, I haven't published an episode since October the 15th. And the reason is, now that I think about it, I had a, I had a burnout. So this episode is about important life lessons on health, wealth, and happiness. I think we don't talk enough about these things. So uh, most people think entrepreneurship is just about making money, becoming successful financially, that we often forget that your financial life is just one fragment of your life, right? Health is important. Happiness is important. Things like family, fulfillment, all these things are important. But sometimes in our pursuit of money, we tend to relegate these things to the backstage, right? But it's very important because if you don't pay attention to them, 
they often can come back and bite you in the back. This is one clear example. I had a burnout. And for those people who do not understand what a burnout is, I'm going to talk about it in much more detail. But the reason why burnouts happen is, you know, building any business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I say very often on the podcast. And every marathon takes time. Every marathon takes time. And when it comes to building a business, it's going to take you months, years, several years of consistent hard work and discipline, you know, and it can be very draining, right? Like every marathon, you're going to be drained, you're going to get tired, you're going to get exhausted, and you're going to get burned out. So that's exactly what happens to what happened to me. And you know, what really is a burnout? So I, I'm not really sure how to explain it, but let me give it a, a try, right? So a burnout is a state of physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion, right? So you, it's characterized by loss of energy. You often lose focus. You you give in to procrastination. You give in to distraction. Essentially, you're not showing up for work like you normally should. And that's usually a signal that something is wrong, maybe physically or mentally or emotionally, right? So when that happens, you know, sometimes these things can be the result of accumulated stress. It's important that you have the option to take time off and recharge right entrepreneurs most times are always going we're always going at it morning nights weekends holidays we don't rest all the time we keep we keep up the hustle we're always hustling 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 right at the end of it you have to remember that you're a human right you're a human you're a biological being and you're going to run out of energy at some point and that's what happens when when you burn out so that's why it's important to take time off and recharge right when I was in corporate, you were entitled to what? 30 days leave. 30 days leave every year. So for 30 days, your employer allowed you to go and do something private. Don't show up to work. You know, don't come to the office. Don't respond to office calls. Go and just relax. Take time off. Take time off, right? So you could take that time to travel. You could take that time. You could invest that time in a hobby. You could use that time to rest, you know? So... Now I understand why that is important because since the time I made the transition into entrepreneurship, I've never really had like a formal vacation. I'm always working all the time, all the time, all the time. And I, I believe I speak for most entrepreneurs out there. We're always working, 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 right? And like I said, as a biological being that you are, your, your system is going to fight back. Your system is going to rebel against you, you know? So that's why it's important to take some to plan those breaks and intentionally take them off. Now, interestingly, I'm not going to lie, many entrepreneurs don't have the luxury of taking time off. For many businesses, the moment the entrepreneur stops showing up at work, everything stops. So your business stops making money, your customers stop getting served, everything starts to crumble. So that's why it's important that, you know, for you to have the opportunity to take time off work, to go and recharge your batteries, right? It's important that you have a business that is a system that allows you to do such. And what that would mean is that if you're involved in active income, I know I addressed this in, in a previous episode. So if most of your money comes from active income in your business, maybe you are into services, into maybe consulting, training, or any service-based business where your customers need you to show up before they can pay you for your services, right? You need some level of flexibility in order to take time off. 
you should be able to call up your clients and tell them you're going to be off for the next couple of weeks or the next couple of days and you know you know without things going through the cracks uh, one way that you can afford yourself that flexibility is if you're not if you're not exchanging time for money so if your clients are paying you for your time then what that means is that the moment you stop showing up they stop paying you and then your income is going to suffer which means you need to explore other models that are not tied to time things like retainers things like value-based commissions things like fixed price contracts and things like that that give you some level of flexibility and of course the other option is to have passive income so if there is a level of of pass of passiveness in the way your your business earns income then what that means is if you take a few days off or if a few a few weeks off it shouldn't really hit you that bad because most of your income or some of your income is not wholly dependent on the activity you put into the business right so the other thing that happened to me you know when i had this burnout was i took the time out to go and get a health check right because it's another it's another important part of the lifestyle that we have as entrepreneurs that it's very easy to ignore yourself you know you're paying attention to everybody else you're paying attention to your customers you're paying attention to your business you're paying attention to your investors you're paying attention to your suppliers, to your distributors, you're paying close attention to your employees. You're making sure everybody is happy. But guess what? Most times the person who is suffering is yourself, right? So I'm, I'm glad I took this opportunity to go, you know, have a health check. And clearly it was obvious that things were going off track. So now I have to work on my weight. I have to work on my diet. I have to work on my physical activity. My kind of business is one where on like many modern um, uh, professions, you know, it's largely sedentary. So I'm largely sitting down in one place for most, uh, for the larger part of the day, um, either taking Zoom calls, having meetings, working on my laptop, working on my phone, taking, you know, all, all sorts of things. So all of those things rack up. You know, if you're not fortunate enough to be in a business that requires you to be physically active, maybe construction or agriculture or something that requires you to be in the field right these things can add up and they take they start to take a toll on on your on your system and the thing is this entrepreneurs take their health for granted until they realize that it takes a healthy entrepreneur to make a successful business you may have all the lofty goals and vision for your business you want to build a very successful business you want to have uh, you want to have several millions of dollars in revenue you know all of all those great stuff all those dreams are good right all those plans are good but guess what there is a chink in your armor there's a single point of weakness in that plan and that single point of weakness is you most times if you're not in the best of health if you're not feeling all right if you are ill if you're sick if you're unhealthy, your business is going to suffer. So if you want to build a successful business, it's very important that you pay attention to your health, especially as we're starting to get older. You know, you have to start paying attention to certain things. As a young person, it's very easy to take your health for granted because you're hardly ever sick. You're brimming with um, strength and vitality and everything that youthfulness comes with, right? That you often tend to forget that you are also a human being. And you need to go in for maintenance from time to time. So don't forget that. You may have all your lofty visions and ideals, but it takes a healthy entrepreneur 
to make a successful business. So there is no way you're going to have a successful business if you're not successful health-wise, if you're not running 100 over 100, if your mental acuity is not there and all your systems, all, the, all your organs and stuff like that are not working to produce a healthy person, your business will likely suffer. So it's unfortunate that sometimes it takes a crisis for you to realize that you know, you're running hot. You need to slow down. You need to take time off. And for mine, it manifested as a burnout. I just realized that somehow I lost taste for work that would normally give me joy. I started giving in to procrastination. It was obvious that I'd hit a point of exhaustion. So I had to take some time off, right? So it's it's very important that, you know, so it's it's not just that we discuss the easy things about entrepreneurship. I know many people who listen to the podcast want to, they want to learn about sales, how to get, uh, how to improve their pricing, how to grow their business, how to raise capital, how to make their business more successful. But like I mentioned, we keep focusing on the external things that very often we forget that we're not paying enough attention to the internal and you need to recognize again that you're a human being and you need to, t- you need to treat yourself um, accordingly. But then in the middle of this burnout, I, I, wonder, I, I want to share something interesting that happened to me. Uh, so a friend of mine from way back, my, my very good friend, you know, from the early days of the, the time when I started my career in consulting, uh, reached out to me with a very uh, interesting offer uh, to be a senior special assistant on the strategy side for the group uh, CEO of one of the biggest uh, conglomerates in West Africa, right? So it was supposed to be a full-time position. I was actually quite flattered that somebody was offering me an employment offer. You know, I was quite flattered because I I can't remember the last time I saw my resume or my my CV or stuff like that. So I it actually got me, you know, chicken. You know, I, I it was it was quite interesting to get to get that. So. But the the crux of the matter is is this: we had uh, a, a couple of meetings, so I could understand why, uh, you know, out of courtesy, I couldn't tell him off. I couldn't tell him I wasn't interested. I had to listen to him and understand what the offer was all about. Not because I was really interested, but because, like I mentioned, out of courtesy, and you know, more or less. It appeared to be the way it sounded like. The, the position will come with more money. It will come with more exposure because you're dealing with some of the very top people in different African countries at the top level, on the policy side, on the government side, in the private sector side. It's, it's a position that would um, accord me more influence, right? I would be exposed to more people. I will have solid contacts and stuff like that. And it's also an opportunity that comes with more travel, both within Africa and outside Africa, mainly China, Korea, Japan, Europe, Canada, the US. So a very tantalizing offer. And um, I, I want you guys to learn from this experience because for everybody, it's likely going to be different. What I want is very different from what you want. My expectations from life may be very different from your expectations, but I'm hoping you can learn something from, from this experience. Now, I've told you about the juicy parts of the offer. There's much more money to be made, more exposure, more influence, more travel, you know, all of that. Now, the part that put me off, you know, while my friend was telling me about this offer was, you know, this opportunity will come with more stress and not not the good type of stress because uh, some people think that stress is bad. But actually, there are two types of stress. 
there's good stress and there's bad stress. If you watch any high-performing person, let's use an athlete, for example, like LeBron James playing basketball or Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo playing football. You know, those things are physically uh, tasking activities. You know, those things are stressful. But when you see these guys performing at their best, that's the good type of stress. That's good stress. Everybody needs good stress. It's impossible for you to say you're a passionate person without having to deal with some level of good stress. Building a business is stressful. But as entrepreneurs, we accept it because it's the kind of stress we like. So there's good stress and bad stress. This job offer, this offer that my friend was putting on the table came with bad stress. And to me, what is bad stress? I consider sitting in traffic for one hour, two hours to go to a certain place or come back from a certain place. I consider that unnecessary, wasteful, inefficient, and on top of it, bad stress. Sitting in traffic is not productive. Even, even though I try my best to make the best of a bad situation by maybe trying to learn when I'm in traffic, either I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to some audio documentary or something, right? It's not the best use of my time. How can I... Why would anybody spend two hours or three hours or four hours out of a 24-hour day just sitting in traffic? doesn't make any sense to me, right? So that option, clearly, I didn't like it. It was on the table because being able to serve the CEO in that capacity required that I had to do work the old way. And when I say the old way, that's the, the way of doing work before the pandemic, before the lockdowns. Now, we know you don't need to travel or commute for you to do reasonable work, right? So that's the, the part of bad stress I didn't want. The, this job offer, this offer also came with um, a, a potential consequence, which is I would likely spend less time with my family. And that is a no-no. Spending less time with my family, I'm not seeing my wife or seeing my kids, uh, you know, every day because I'm always traveling or, you know, doing work, that sort of thing. And to make it worse, to rub salt into the injury, it will give me less freedom and flexibility because I'm serving the CEO full time. I'm more or less at his beck and call. I'm more or less his lap dog, right? So these are some of the things that I noticed in the offer that really put me off. And I said, you know, I, clearly, you know, I'm not interested in, in, this, in this thing. So what really surprised me was it was obvious to me that I had made my decision within the first five minutes of the first meeting. But like I said to you, I had to more or less be courteous and respect, you know, this my friend for at least coming forward with this offer. But I, had inst I instantly knew that there is no way I'm going to do this within five minutes. And um, when I had to reflect on my decision and, you know, considering the offer, of course, I had to ask for more time. I asked him for, for some days to think about it. In my opinion, there was really nothing to think about. It was just more or less an act of courtesy. And um, when I reflected on it, I noticed there are five important things I learned from that experience. You know, the first thing I learned is the power of saying no. A lot of people are scared of saying no. A lot of people are frightened of saying no because they don't want to disappoint the person on the other side. For some people, they don't want to miss the opportunity. Some people believe that no opportunity should be missed. You should just grab every opportunity and say yes to every opportunity. That is a terrible strategy, right? No is powerful. The, the ability to say no is very powerful. 
And that's because when you say no, it instantly proves to you and tells you that you know what you don't want. And that's a very important statement. When you, are, when you have the ability to say no to certain things, what it proves is that you, you, you know what you don't want. Now, knowing what you don't, knowing what you don't want is very, very important if you're going to make progress in anything you're doing, whether you have a career job or you're building a business, right? And that's because, you know, knowing what you want is very easy. Most people want everything. Do you want money? Yes. Do you want more success? Yes. Do you want more exposure? Yes. Do you want more influence? Yes. Anybody who is attracted to opportunity is very likely going to be tempted to say yes to any opportunity that they see. But the key to success is not in accepting everything. When you accept everything, then you stand for nothing. The key to success is knowing what to say no to, because that now clearly shows you where you stand. And saying no is not easy, like I, like I mentioned earlier, for a number of reasons. Some people don't want to disappoint the person on the other side. Some people just don't want to give up on any opportunity. They want to grab all. Some people, it's, the, it's FOMO. It's FOMO. It's a fear of missing out. They are afraid that if they say no, they may miss out on this opportunity. And maybe there might not be another opportunity coming down the way. So I understood instantly that I was very comfortable saying no to that opportunity. And that's because I knew it was something I didn't want. And instantly I recognized that, you know, here I, I'm an entrepreneur, right? I'm always looking for opportunity. And then this is some opportunity to make more money, expand my horizons. And I'm saying no. And I'm not saying no because I am split on the decision. It wasn't a sitting on the fence or 50-50 for me. It was very clear. I don't want this thing. I know that I don't want it. And that was a moment of clarity because... In many situations in life, most times we really don't know what we don't want. Like I said, knowing what you want is very easy. We can just want anything. But knowing what you don't want, knowing what you, what you are willing to say no to is a very powerful experience. And I, I love the experience because, you know, it came with, it was liberating to be able to say no and say, I don't want this thing. I know I don't want it. It looks shiny. It looks attractive. It looks tempting, but I know I don't want it. Now, the second thing I learned from this experience is that for most people, especially from my generation, the, 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 the millennials, more or less, right? So we are of a generation that thinks um, that, that we were raised by parents who believe that, you know, as long as they invested in a good education, you would get a good job and then your life would be good, right? And then it's only those people who cannot find a job, only those people who are not smart enough, only those people who cannot compete in the corporate sector. Those are the people who start a business. So essentially, I got the feeling growing up that entrepreneurship is what you do when you can't find a job. So instantly, what that says is, Entrepreneurship is for those people who missed out on the major leagues, the people who couldn't play in the major leagues. So if you couldn't get a, a, a job either in a bank or wherever and you were unemployed, the next option you had to start making an income was to start a business. So entrepreneurship is for those people who can't find a job. So what I realized here was this was an offer to go work for somebody. In my head, I could rationalize it and say, maybe I'm a consultant. I'm just providing a service. But the truth is, they made it very clear it was going to be a full-time offer. You know, I've been there before. I know what a full-time offer sounds like, right? 
But then it was very clear to me that a part of me felt insulted by the offer, even though it came with more money, the, the possibility of more money, more exposure, more travel and all that. I felt a bit insulted. Of course, I couldn't tell my friend, right? And the, when I say insulted, I mean it in a certain kind of subtle way. So it's like you're a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're a Hindu and somebody is coming to preach to you to change to another religion. You can imagine for some people it's abominable, it's atrocious that I'm a Christian and you're trying to convert me to another religion or I'm a Muslim and you're trying... For some, it's abominable. You, you can't do that because... It's something that concerns belief, deep belief. It's not easy to change somebody's religion. It's not easy to change somebody's belief. And this experience made me realize that entrepreneurship is a religion. It's a religion of true believers. And, and how I know is this. You can claim you're an entrepreneur. You can claim, oh, I love business and all that. The moment you are presented with such a juicy offer of employment, are you able to say no? Because... It goes against what you stand for, your religion, which is entrepreneurship, right? And so then I understood that entrepreneurship is not that thing you do when you don't have a job. And this is coming from somebody who I deliberately quit my job as a business development manager in the oil and gas industry. I had a four-month-old baby. I was recently married. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to go my own path. I want to go start a business, right? So for some people... It might, be a, it might be a convenient option in the sense that, okay, the reason you're starting a business is because you think you can make more money starting a business, right? So for you, it's all about the money. So what it means is the moment somebody gives you a bigger offer, a better offer, financial-wise, you're going to jump ship. So that's how you know a true believer. A, a true believer feels insulted when you know they are being asked by the other side to jump ship. Right. So so entrepreneurship is a religion of true believers. It is a lifestyle. It's not just about money. That's one very clear thing, because um, how I know is if it were just about money, all I would have asked is I would have asked, you know, OK, what's the package like? I knew it was going to be a lot of money because it's a major conglomerate that operates in several countries on the African continent. I would have just gone straight into the financials to ask more questions about the package. But the last thing on my mind was the money. I wasn't. I was. I was surprised. You know, I wasn't thinking about the money or the package or stuff. I was thinking about those things I I did not want, and I'm going to explain. You know, some of them very very shortly. So I think entrepreneurship is about living true to your values. If you, what do you really value as a person, right? If what you value is money, the truth is, a business that only makes money is a poor business. If you're doing business because you want to make money, then I don't really consider you an entrepreneur. More or less, I consider you an opportunist. You're just a person who will go where the money is, right? Because entrepreneurship is above and beyond money. In fact, for entrepreneurs, um, money is the reward for chasing what you truly believe in. So money is only a reward, but it's not the, it's not the main thing. It's not the, it's not the core thing that attracts you. So entrepreneurship is about living through to what you truly believe in. And this experience made me realize that there are certain things I value more than money, even though I, it wasn't obvious to me, you know, before I had this experience. I think the first is I value my, my freedom and flexibility much more than money. And it became very obvious to me. You know, the moment I was faced with a lucrative offer, 
like the one I had, right? So the threat of limiting my freedom and flexibility to create things, to work on things I want to work on, to work with people I want to work with, you know? So right now I can choose who I want to work with. If I don't like a client, that's okay. You go your way, I go my way. I only work with people that I enjoy. I enjoy supporting their businesses. I enjoy the work I do because I have freedom and flexibility to work and work on to work on what I want. I I create the value that I want. So that's a lot of freedom and flexibility. It's like catching a bird from the wild and confining it to a cage, right? So I've been in a cage before. I've been I was in a cage for over ten years, right? And that was in the corporate corporate sector. I've been in a cage. I know what it feels like to be in a cage. It might be a golden cage. You might be in a cage where you are very well fed. You'll be very fat in the cage. You get all the care and the attention. But the truth is, you're in a cage. And for many people, they may not realize that they're in a cage. For some people, they know they're in the cage. But they like the cage. They prefer the cage. The cage is safer. The, the cage is less risky. The cage is more predictable compared to what you're going to get out there. Outside the cage is chaos. Outside the cage is unpredictability. Outside the cage is risk. Outside the cage is hunger. But inside the cage, at least you know you're going to get three square meals a day. You're going to be well attended to. You're going to be secure. You're going to be safe. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a matter of choice. Some people prefer the cage. Some people prefer to be outside. I've been in a cage before. I've been outside. And if you ask me to choose, I prefer the chances outside. It's not easier outside. It's not better outside. But because of who I am and how much I value my freedom and flexibility, I just prefer the outside. And I'm not saying it's out of a place of ignorance. I've been in the two places before. I've been in a cage. I've been outside. And if you ask me to choose, I choose outside. Not because outside is better, but because it's more amenable. It's, it more aligns to what I want in life. And for me, freedom and flexibility around my time, around how I earn an income, around the people I work with, around what I choose to work on is very, very important to me. And this experience showed me that I believe it's the root of my happiness. So if you take away my freedom and flexibility from what I do, I'm not going to be a happy person. I might be making more money. I might be, you know, all sorts, but I might not be a happy person. That's what this told me. The second thing I realized is that how I make money means more to me than how much money I make. So let me take that again. What I realized from this experience is that how I make money matters more to me than how much money I make. So, for example, you might ask somebody, you know, what do you do? The person tells you, I'm a bank manager. And that's all. You don't need to ask a bank manager, what do you do? How exactly? What exactly do you do every day? Right? Most of us know what a bank manager does even though most people really don't know what a bank manager does. But it's unlikely you're going to ask any follow-up question because everybody expects you to know that a bank manager's job is a serious job, right? That, that, that's, that's very important. So I noticed that, you know, I'm not, I used to be excited about titles, right? You know, oh, I'm a manager, I'm a director, I'm a this, I'm a that, you know? I, I used to love titles, and titles are a big thing in the corporate world. Your title determines how, how much people respect you. Your title determines how much money you get paid. In the corporate world, titles are everything. Whether you're called supervisor, clerk, lead, manager, senior manager, associate, 
you see, the world of corporate is all about titles. So it's very important. And for some people, it doesn't matter if you're called a manager, but you're paid a very small amount of money. There are a lot of people who have jobs, but the, the amount of money they make is not enough for you know to cover their to 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 cover their their expenses, their living expenses. So even before the next salary, they've already taken out a loan. There are people I was it happened to me, so I understand the way it works over there. They may have a an interesting title, you know, but maybe the money is not doesn't match it. Now what I realized is. I am much more interested in the value I can provide. I'm not interested in title. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not interested in what you call me. I'm interested in the value I can provide. If I can help my, my clients achieve the goals that you're looking for, either by selling more, by growing their business, by raising capital, by hiring the right people, you know, by becoming successful leaders in their business, I, I, measure, my, I measure my worth against value, not title. So when this offer came to be a senior special assistant on the strategy side to the CEO of a multinational, I know what that means title-wise. That's a lot of influence. If you bring out that kind of business card, it can open doors to you, right? But I just realized that I, at this point in my life, I'm not interested in that title. I'm interested in value. And when it comes to value, even though that job looks important, on the value side, I can't really see the real value I'll be providing. I'll be part, I'll be a small part of a big machine, a small part of a big machine that is doing something in the world that I really don't understand. Maybe they are creating jobs or they are doing something, but I, I don't feel connected to the value because I'm just a small piece of uh, attachments in the engine, in this big engine. Now, some people like big engines. There's nothing wrong with working for a major multinational or a big company, right? Some people are okay with that. But I want to be, I want, I want to have my feet in the sand. I want to have a connection to the people I'm working with. I want to know them by name. I want to know exactly what they're working on. I want to see the impact that my work is doing for the people I help. I want to see that's what gives me joy, that's what gives me fulfillment, that's what gives me happiness. The moment you take that away, then I'm nobody, essentially, right? So what, what this told me is, I think I'm getting to a point in my life where I really know, I think I know what I don't want. And the moment I see it or I hear it, I just know this is not me. This is not in line with my values. This is not something that will contribute to my happiness. So I don't have any problems with saying no. I will say no and walk away. And no matter the amount of money that's on the table, you know, it's not as if I'm not interested in the money, but it's the, the amount of money doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is how the money is made. I don't know if you get it, but I'm not saying, of course, I'm an entrepreneur. I need money. I need to pay my bills. You know, I have bills and, and stuff like that, right? So it's not about, it's not that I don't like money, but how that money is made is very, very important to me. If the money will just come because I have a title or I'm a, some, because I'm some small part of a big machine, I don't care about that kind of money, right? But if I'm going to make money by creating the kind of value that I like, then even if I make a small amount of money, I'll be very, very excited because it comes with fulfillment and um, happiness, which is very important, right? And then the other thing I notice is I value family more than money, right? I value family because when that offer came and it was obvious that at least for every three or four days in a week, I wouldn't see my family because I'm either traveling somewhere or I'm in a hotel somewhere somewhere. 
maybe it would have been exciting to a younger version of me, right? But where I am right now, I'm in a phase where family is important. I need to be around my kids. I like, you know, I like seeing my kids, you know, they come back from school or go to school. You know, I understand that it's a privilege that many people don't have in this modern world. In some places, they, the dad or the mom doesn't see the kids in the morning because they have to go out early to beat traffic, right? So they can't see their kids. And, you know, it, it's very surprising how fast these children grow. You know, I'm seeing my boys and, you know, they, are, they grow very, very fast. And these are experiences and opportunities that you can't get a second time. It's like you're missing out on an important phase in the life of your children. So I appreciate that I see them go to school and I see them come back. I know how much of a privilege that is. It, it might not have financial, uh, you know, if you might not have a financial equivalent, but I know how valuable it is because, you know, even growing up, it wasn't really the same, you know, for me sometimes, you know. So that's one, that is something that I value. And anything that is going to make me an absent parent or increase the distance so I'm unable to be involved in the life of my kids then i'm not i'm not really interested in that no matter how much money it's 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 going to take except i'm in a very desperate situation i don't pray to be in that kind of point but if you ask me okay family money i think family family beats money most times so i decided to share the, today's episode is not the usually i like to go hardcore into business stuff you know discuss important pain points for people who are trying to start or grow their business whether it's raising money improving your sales how to grow your business how to hire the right people stuff like that but like i mentioned at the beginning of this episode there are those very important things about entrepreneurship about building a business that we often overlook because we're, we're too focused on the business we're too focused on the money we're too focused on other people like our employees our customers our investors we end up not paying enough attention to ourselves. So most times we're asking our customers, what do you want? What do you want? You're asking your investors, what do you want? How can I, you know, how can I serve you better? You're asking your employees, what do you want? How can I serve you better? You're asking your suppliers, your distributors, what do you want? How can I serve you better? When are you going to ask yourself, what do you want? And how can you serve yourself better? You know, because your physical maintenance your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, all these things need attention. And because you're ignoring them now and you feel like you're getting away with it, doesn't really mean you're safe. These things can come back and haunt you. And at some point, you know, you might end up in a burnout. I was lucky. Mine was a burnout. Um, you know, a burnout is the equivalent of somebody who is running a marathon and you are very dehydrated. So you need some water. So you just... You rest for a bit, you take some water, and then you can continue on your journey. So I'm back on the podcast. I'm back in business. I'm excited. I'm excited to be back, right? Some people are not that are not that fortunate. Some people slip into depression, clinical depression. Some people lose it. They lose their minds, right? So this is not child's play, right? So it's important that you take out time to pay attention to yourself because building a business is a marathon. A marathon is not a sprint. A marathon takes time. It takes energy. You know, it takes perseverance. It takes discipline. 
And the truth is, if you're running a marathon, you will often get tired and burned out. It's not, I'm not saying you should, have, you should avoid getting burned out or getting tired. You will likely get tired. You will likely get tired. You'll likely be burned out. But you have to find a way to better manage it, right? You have to find a way to better manage it, especially around your physical, your mental, and your emotional well-being. And um, I also talked in this episode about the, the, the offer that I got and how, why I rejected it. And, you know, the five things I learned from the experience, I talked about the power of saying no. You know, saying no is very difficult for some people. And I mentioned why. Some people don't want to disappoint. Some people don't want to miss out on opportunity. So they, they rather just don't say no. But saying no is very, very powerful because it makes a strong statement that you know what you don't want. And many people either don't know what they don't want or are not confident enough to stand by the things that they want and reject those things that they don't want. Uh, this experience taught me about entrepreneurship, that entrepreneurship goes beyond building a business or making money. Entrepreneurship is actually a religion. It's actually something you have to be a true believer because, you know, when you are tempted by money, if you're tempted by money and you go with the money, then you're not really an entrepreneur. You're an opportunist. And what an opportunist done is, what an, uh, what has, what an opportunist would do is, the opportunist doesn't care who you are or what you do. The opportunist just follows the money. It doesn't matter whether the money is in employment. It doesn't matter whether the money is, you know, maybe it doesn't matter whether it's, it's legal or illegal. Sometimes there are legal opportunities. Sometimes the opportunity, the opportunities that can go either way, right? So you have to be sure why you're doing what you're doing. If it's about the money then it's likely you're not a purebred, right? Because any business that only makes money is a poor business. You have to be doing it for something more. It could be for impact. It could be because you're passionate about solving a certain problem, um, you know, upturning a certain um, thing that is wrong, either with, in an industry or in general society. It can be out of a passion to serve people. It might be because you want to create a better world. There has to be something more than money. If it is just about money for you, then it's fine. You're an opportunist. And there is nothing wrong with being an opportunist. As long as the opportunities you're chasing are legal opportunities. I don't have any problem with that, right? So there's no problem with being an opportunist. I just wanted to create the, I just wanted to make clear the distinction that entrepreneurship is about something much more than money. And you need to find out what that thing is. And for me, it became clear to me again that that thing is the freedom and flexibility I have to create and work. Very important to me. The impact that I do through my work is very important to me. And then if I get paid on top of that, then it's amazing for me. And then, of course, it, it told me it, I, I learned things about, you know, um, you know, family and stuff like that and how much these things are valued in my life. So there is a level of priority, prioritization that has to happen. So, and you're the only person who can make that priority list. So is money at the top of your priority list? Is it family? Is it impact? Is it influence? Is it popularity? Is it ego? You know, whatever. It's all, it's all a personal choice, right? So at this point in the episode, let's talk about our sponsors, Queza. So Queza is doing something very remarkable on the African continent. Queza is opening doors for small and mid-sized businesses that supply products within their countries and across 
um, borders to other countries. So on Quesa, we're starting to see small businesses in Ghana, Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire, South Africa, you know, they are able to export their products outside of their countries. So we're seeing people supply from Nigeria to Kenya. We're seeing products being supplied from Senegal to Ghana. So the moment you can sell across your borders, you're able to reach more customers. You're able to sometimes get better pricing and you're able to grow your business because you have access to an export market, right? And we're also seeing interesting opportunities that Quesa is creating by giving these um, merchants the opportunity to export their products outside of the African continent. So we're seeing people export products from the, their own African country to places like the US, Canada, and in Europe, right? So I see Quesa, Quesa is K-U-U-E-Z-A. I see Quesa as doing something similar to what Alibaba did for the Chinese markets, right? So before Alibaba, it was quite difficult to buy products from China or even do business with the Chinese. But the, uh, Alibaba as a platform opened the Chinese market so that today, almost all the consumer products, um, household consumer products that we use, many of them are made in China, right? And that is the future we see for Africa. If African entrepreneurs are going to grow, if small businesses on the African continent that make up 99 0.9% of businesses on the continent, if they have the opportunity to find new customers in other African countries and even outside the African continent, what that will do is that these businesses will grow, they will be able to employ more people, they'll be able to earn more revenue, they'll be able to earn more in foreign exchange because they are exporting, they'll be able to contribute more to their local economies, and we can build wealth and prosperity for the African continent. So to check out Quesa, there are two apps available on the on the App Store and the Google Play Store. So if you if you sell products and you are interested in exploring opportunities to export your products outside of your country, within Africa or outside of Africa, check out the Quesa Seller app. It is Quesa K U U E Z A Seller app. And if you'd like to explore the range of interesting products on the Quesa platform, download the Quesa user app. So there's a separate app for users, right? So at this point in the episode, there are four interesting things I need you to consider. The first is to join the Insiders program, right? So this podcast is inspired by the interactions, the relationships, and the people I've, I know within the, the Insiders community. So this time around, I'm the person who had, I'm the, person who had the burnout, right? But in the course of the last 12 months, I've had different members within the insiders community reach out to me personally because they're going through something like this. So sometimes it takes somebody who, who has gone through these things to understand what you're talking about. You see, and these are sometimes this, these kinds of things can be embarrassing for entrepreneurs to talk about because we're expected to be strong and disciplined and immune to procrastination or distraction. So it's a very difficult topic for some entrepreneurs, you know. So that is, but that's why there's a benefit to a community of entrepreneurs who are building businesses in different countries, in different industries, and can learn from one another. That is exactly what the Insiders is. The Insiders is a private and exclusive community of entrepreneurs that work directly with me. So we share everything from the personal to the business, to sales, to how to raise money, to how to grow a business, how to run the operations, how to, systematize, how to systematize your company so that you can actually take a few days off or a few weeks off 
without anything actually breaking. So to learn more about the insiders, you can find us at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second thing I want you to do is to tell your friends about this podcast. The information you are getting on this podcast is as realistic as it gets. It's practical information for entrepreneurs who are starting, growing, turning around, or, you know, essentially who are trying to achieve their dreams on the business side. So it's not just about theory. This is like real world practice, what entrepreneurs go, go through, right? So tell your friends about the podcast. They can learn and progress on their journey, right, through this podcast. I'm giving away this information for free. All I ask is that you tell somebody about it in return. And if you've been listening to the Small Starter Business Podcast and you want to give us a pat on the back, uh, one way to do that is to leave us a five-star review. A five-star review is not just going to make me happy, but it's also going to make it easier for other people to find the Small Starter Business Podcast. So the way it works is when you give a, 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 a five-star review to a podcast, the algorithms rank the podcast better because by giving us a five-star review, what you're saying is this, you're giving us a thumbs up and you're saying this podcast is good stuff. So what the algorithm will do is that it will make it easier for any other person who is looking for a business podcast that focuses on the African continent and African entrepreneurs to find us. So don't forget to leave us a five-star review. You can do that at smallstarter.com slash review. So again, I urge you to join the Insiders program if you want to uh, you're building a business, you're starting a business, you're experiencing serious problems in business, either with getting started, things like maybe raising capital or setting prices or finding strategic partners or expanding into a new market. Whatever those problems are, that's exactly what I enjoy having for breakfast. And I, you know, I can't wait to have you as one of the members in our insiders community. You come in, introduce yourself. There's a lot you can learn from other members who are inside the community. There's also a lot we can learn from you, right? We have entrepreneurs from over 20 different countries within the group. Uh, what that tells you is that the networking potential is quite significant. We've seen people within the group who have done business and, you know, they, they only found themselves because they are, they are members of the insiders community. So we tend to attract excellent people, high quality people, and it will be an honor to have you among us. So to check out the insiders program, you can find us at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Until the very next episode, I hope this, um, the things you learned in today's episode will, will help you become a stronger person. There is nothing weak about going through a burnout or being depressed or losing appetite or energy for your business. It go, it's likely going to happen once or several times in your career as you try to build your business. But the thing about it is to understand it and understand that as a human being, you are likely going to break down if you don't take out time to maintain yourself and improve your well-being. You are likely going to be exhausted. You know, after going through all these constant stresses and stresses, it might be stress that you enjoy. It might be good stress, but it's still stress and your body is going to react to stress. So I'm hoping that as we progress along our journeys, you, you, you too can become a confident person and know the things that you don't want and be confident enough to say no to those things and stand your ground and live your values and enjoy your values uh, because there's nothing that's going to make you happier than when you are in tune and in line with your values. Until the very next episode, stay strong and um, cheers. Bye-bye.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.